You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on folks welcome back to the locked on pit podcast your daily podcast covering the pittsburgh panthers part of the locked on podcast network your team every day i'm nick fairbyway for pittsburgh sports now call games at wpts radio and i work as a production assistant at acc network and today folks we'll talk about the consistent postseason awards that pitt is starting to really rack up the nominations are rolling in what it means for this team what it means to the program and why this is such a breaking year in the program's history. We'll also talk a little bit of Pittman's basketball. They play Vanderbilt tomorrow. What can we expect out of that game and what can we expect of them going forward? We'll also start to preview Syracuse, obviously, with talking about Sean Tucker and their great running game. All that coming up on Locked on Pitt. folks welcome back to the locked on pit podcast as always thank you for making the locked on pit podcast your first listen every day folks really appreciate it free and available on all platforms make sure to check us out wherever you listen and folks how about it pit continuing to stack up postseason accolades finalists semi-finalists let's talk about it right because it continues to add up and just this week we have found out kenny pickett is going to be a Finalist for the Maxwell Award, one of three, along with Bryce Young and Kenneth Walker. Also a finalist for the Davey O'Brien Award for the best quarterback in college football. You have Jordan Addison as a finalist for the Belitnikov, along with David Bell and Jamison Williams. That's great, great company to be with. And don't forget this. It also just happens he's only, he is only a sophomore. The guy is only a sophomore, and he continues to break boundaries at such a high level. And then you also look at the Broyles Award with Mark Whipple. He having a semifinalist top 15 guy there. Also, for the Patrick Manelli Award, you have Cal Adamias as the long snapper. Right? Best long snapper. Then four guys go to the Senior Bowl. Kenny Pickett, Damari Mathis, Cal Adamitis, and Carter Warren. So many different accolades coming up here for Pitt, and I can't remember seeing a season with them being on this many lists. You know, they'd always have an outstanding player or two, and cool. The player would always show up on those lists. It's not just one guy. It's multiple guys showing up on these lists this year. It's special because Pitt hasn't had this collection of offensive talent in a really long time. A really long time. I mean, listen, this is an unbelievable, an unbelievable team right now that is filling up all types of boards. The draft boards, certainly. They're filling up the draft boards. Clearly, Damari Mathis is viewed in a pretty high light in the NFL. You know, his big hitting ability, his ability to work in trail technique, his ability to cover well out of the Narduzzi scheme. He's a sticky man cover guy. He's pretty polished. He's going to get an opportunity in Mobile to really impress scouts. Adam Midas look, is looked at as perhaps the best long snapper in the draft. I didn't, Kenny Pickett needs no introduction for me. I mean, Pickett 
has been a dude that all year has consistently raised the bar with each performance he's put out on the football field. It's simple as that. Kenny Pickett has been phenomenal. Every big stage he's risen to. Every big moment he's risen to. He's made big plays. He's made plays that you would never expect guys to make. He has been exceptional. He's been a leader. He's been the heart and soul of this Pitt football team. And he's doing it at a place that you don't usually see guys doing it. And I think that's what makes it so so exceptional. Now, obviously, there's the big award, the, the Heisman. Is, is Kenny Pickett going to get sent to New York for that? He's got a good chance. Like, I legitimately think he has a very good chance right now to potentially get there. The stats are well enough. He's had signature moments that have put him in that in that conversation. He's a guy that absolutely should be thought of in that same vein. C.J. Stroud will be in there. Bryce Young will be in there. Trust me. But trust me this as well. There's no reason why Kenny Pickett shouldn't be in that discussion along with those guys. He's played at that high of a level. He earned that nomination. And he's a guy that absolutely deserves every single bit of praise he gets. And he is truly what is a game-breaking type of talent because Pitt hasn't had a quarterback like him in a long time. You can really argue since Dan Marino. That is how special Kenny Pickett is right now. That's how special of a season we're watching with Kenny Pickett. And we're watching a very special season with Jordan Addison. You can argue this guy's having the second best season we've ever seen of a pit wide receiver. Only behind Larry Fitzgerald's 2003 in which he probably should have won the Heisman and got robbed of it. That's the type of season he's having. And Jordan Addison is coming back next year. Jordan Addison is only a true sophomore. He is a guy that is set to shatter records, that is set to shatter single-season marks set by Fit, by even guys like Fitzgerald. He could potentially get near the single-season yardage mark for a, a receiver in a season for Pitt. There's many things he could reach. Jordan Hassan's been phenomenal. Mark Whipple, even though he has been maddening at times this year, overall, what a fantastic job. What a fantastic job this guy has done, right? Coming into this offense, nurturing it, building up Kenny Pickett's resume, making sure the running game continues to go. Everything about it has just has flourished. Everything. And and these guys are coming together to create a team that is now 9-2. and two. And, you know, the defense, it is what it is. This offense has been so good. And, and there's also guys, you know, like Carter Warren, for example, who doesn't get a lot of love. You're not going to get a ton of love from Kirk Carter Warren when he should get a lot more than he does because he's a guy that has taken leaves every single year. He's a guy that absolutely at the NFL level, if he doesn't play tackle, he'll definitely get a look at guard. He's got the size, the athleticism, and the mean streak to do it. He's a guy that is supremely underrated and a very, very, very vital member of this pit offensive line. And trust me when I say this, Carter Warren's going to play at a really, really, really decent level, I think, at the Senior Bowl. And I think he's going to get himself drafted. And and that's the thing that's, that's great about all this is that Pitt is now producing NFL talent. They're producing some of the nation's top performers. And you see, this is good for notoriety for the, for the football, right? For this program, this is huge for this Pitt football program. Because not only is it going to get you notoriety when they see a pit quarterback on the Maxwell list, when they see a wide receiver on the Volitnikov list, when they see all these different things show up for pit football right now, 
That's what you look at and you say, hey, Pitt is making a name for themselves. They can produce talent like this. Why can't I be that talent? And then you start to get your recruiting classes up. And that's the trickle-down effect that Pat Narduzzi has to entail. And you can even point to team success. If Pitt wins the ACC, they've already got the Coastal Championship in hand. This is how programs can take themselves from one level to the next level. It's small steps, but you can take one gigantic leap among those steps and you can take your program to a level it has not been in a very long time. And that's what Pitt is doing right now. And this is why all these things are so important. The NFL talent, but the awards, the notoriety they receive, the playoff rankings, all of that. All of that comes together and coalesces into an opportunity for Pat Narduzzi to take this program to a new level. All right, folks, let's talk about Syracuse a little bit, what they might bring to the table. However, first, I want to let you know about Prize Picks because Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy, and they offer more college football props than anyone in the world and offer all the star players of the Power Five, as well as the mid major players you may have never even heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns to even interceptions thrown. Folks, all you have to do is deposit and use our promo code, and you will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 uh, and just use our promo code locked on to receive that 100% instant deposit match up to $100 use our promo code locked on all you have to do is pick two to five players and an over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry and it's just you versus those projected numbers price picks allows mixed sport entries as well as you see fit. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use the promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. Let's talk a little bit about Syracuse. What they bring to the table, obviously, folks, Syracuse, it's not a great passing team. And I think this has been, I don't know, it's been a few years since they really have been a prolific passing team, uh, even under those teams where they were good, you know, with Eric Dungy and, and those guys. They weren't really a prolific passing team. Now, Dungy could sling the rock a little bit, but not really to a high degree. And that was the big thing coming out with Dungy was he couldn't really throw the ball. And trust me, Tommy DeVito really couldn't either. Rex Culpepper certainly really couldn't. And Garrett Schrader isn't much different. He doesn't look like he can throw the football very well either. Because, listen, Schrader has not done very well this year, at least through the air. Now, the reason they have been so competitive in a lot of those games is because of their ground game. But just take a look at their passing offense. It's pretty abysmal. I mean, it really is quite abysmal. Um, I mean... Last in the conference. So that's the type of, of passing offense Pitt's facing. I mean, they're facing the worst passing offense in the conference, only averaging about 147 yards per game. Just not very good overall. And listen, that's something that you look at, and against Pitt's defense, that matters, like, a lot. Because that's Pitt's weakness. Pitt's weakness isn't a run stuff, a team that will run the ball down your throat. Now that's, you kind of look at the teams that that Syracuse has taken to the wire. For example, Wake Forest. Like, that's a team that can't stop the run worth a crap. So, when you look at that game, it makes a lot of sense that 
that Syracuse would stay in that game because they can play ball control and they can keep things going. And, and you know, other teams that they've kind of stuck with, Clemson. Clemson's offense was terrible during that. That was a Friday night up in the Dome. It was a tough game. It was kind of a weird game. Clemson's offense looks better now. But again, ball control, the kind of the type of team that Syracuse can stick with because it's not a great offense. They're not going to put up a ton of points. They can ball control with Sean Tucker a little bit, and they can move it with that. And that's kind of the whole thing there, right? So just looking at things like this, it's a big issue. However, rushing offense, on the other hand, is not a big issue. It's a massive issue for Pitt, though, that could potentially hurt them. 230.6 yards per game for the Orange. Seventh in the nation, first in the ACC. They run the ball just about as well as anybody out there. And I need no introduction to introduce you to the man and why. They really have that ability in the country right now. It's the man himself, Sean Tucker. Third most rushing yards in the NCAA. Third most rushing yards per game, averaging 133. He's got 1,467 yards. Schrader and him have a combined 26 rushing touchdowns. That's second and fourth in the ACC. Tucker leads the ACC in all rushing categories. It's not surprising to see that these guys are great running on the ground. Schrader's a big dude, tough to bring down, real tough to bring down. A big guy that runs with authority and runs with power behind his pads with thump. He's a type of quarterback that is a running quarterback. He was built to run. Think of a Taysom Hill-esque type runner. But he's not. Here's the thing about Garrett Schrader. The dude is big. And I mean that. He's not just small. He's six foot four, and he's probably 230-240. And the guy will hit you like a ton of bricks just coming at you. He's the type of quarterback that fits Syracuse's offense really well. And when they do try to pass the ball, they'll do some screens. They'll try to hit you on some quick RPOs. But that's really not their thing. Their thing is pound the ball, play ball control, hit you in the mouth, and up front, we're going to dominate you. And that's the thing. Against Pitt, that's a pretty good matchup for Pitt. Pitt should feel comfortable about that. You know, Syracuse runs a lot of different runs. They run some zone. They run some duo. They run some power, counter, Outside zone, they run a little bit of everything. They're, they're pretty multidimensional schematically. But Pitt, so far, has been able to stop the run at a pretty high level. It's, at, it's as always, been the strength of their defense. It's not to be unexpected, right? I mean, that is the strength of Pitt's defense. That's literally the point of Narduzzi's scheme, is to stop the run. And that's why I say this could be a potentially really good matchup for Pitt. Because, again, let's talk about rushing defense now. Pitt is first in the ACC in rush defense and ninth nationally. They allow less than 100 yards per game on the ground. So this is something that Pitt has really, really done well at. Pitt's been able to shut down Syracuse's, or teams like Syracuse, I should say, although they haven't faced a team like Syracuse, but they held a guy like Mateo Durant to a season low in yards per carry. They mostly stopped Jameer Gibbs on the ground. They've stopped most guys on the ground. That hasn't really been an issue for them this year. Now, I would assume that Syracuse will get their kicks in 
because Sean Tucker is just so good. I think Sean Tucker is a special running back coming through Syracuse there. He's a guy that is it's their best running back in a long, long time up there. And trust me, they do have a tried and trusted tradition of having very good running backs come out of Syracuse, New York. But when you look at Sean Tucker, he's as good as any of the recent running backs to come out of there. And Schrader's a big guy who can be a mismatch. And Pitt's going to have to have their linebackers playing at a high level. But this is a game, as I said before, I think this is a game where Chase Pine and, and Brandon George are going to thrive in. I think this is the type of game that you look at and they'll thrive. And again, just look at teams that Syracuse has really, really struggled against. And you look and it's almost directly correlated. Almost directly correlated. NC State, for example, was 17th in the nation in rush defense. They got crushed by NC State. Not really surprising, right? Syracuse is a team that when they face good rushing defenses, crumble. And that's the thing. Pitt's a really good rushing defense, and I think it's a matchup for them, but they'll obviously have to buy in on Sean Tucker and Garrett Schrader because they are so dynamic. All right, folks, let's talk a little bit about Pitt men's basketball. However, before we do that, I want to let you know about betonline.ag. It's Thanksgiving. We all know what that means, football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action. It's Thanksgiving. Head to their new updated... Desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with our promo code locked on to receive your bonus. Again, that's our promo code locked on to receive your bonus. And it's not just football, but online is pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. Folks, I want to let you know about Built Bar. Folks, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Trust me, most protein bars are chewy, waxy. You have to choke them down. You just want to have them just because you know you need the protein. And if you want to stay fit, you need to have those. But trust me, Built Bar is not like that. Built Bar is soft. It's covered in chocolate. It's very healthy, but it's also very tasty. And folks, here's another great thing about that. You have so many flavors to choose from. Coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate and cherry barcia. And guess what? Built is coming out with new lemon type flavors every three to four days. Be check. Make sure to check their website often because I know you don't want to miss out on that. And again, you get those health benefits. So Built Bars are low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein with all the healthy benefits with so many flavors. So go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Alright folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. Let's go into basketball mode here for a little bit. Pitt facing Vanderbilt on Wednesday night, 9 o'clock. Folks, this one's on ACC Network. So, I guess you could say it's a prime time game. 9 o'clock at the Pete. 
is going to be one where you look at, I mean, to be fair, actually, Pitt has two games on ACC Network tomorrow. One pretty much right after the other. The girls' volleyball team obviously will face Louisville. That's a number one versus number three matchup. Trust me, you are not going to want to miss that one. This Pitt volleyball team is as good as ever. They just gave Georgia Tech the revenge that they seeked. And trust me, we probably will be talking about that volleyball match because that's such a big matchup for this team, and it's such a huge integral part as they head into the tournament here soon. It's a huge deal, a massive deal. And, and I just love talking about the volleyball team. Such a fun team, such a fun group to root for. However... Pitt's going to be in, in public eyes tomorrow. And the men's basketball team certainly will be as well. Currently three and a half point dogs. Two Vanderbilt coming in. Obviously Jerry Stackhouse, Scotty Pippen Jr. Lots of NBA lineage on this Commodores team coming into Pittsburgh. However, this is not really a good Vanderbilt team. And that's kind of the thing that immediately sticks out to me is that this is not a West Virginia situation and I don't think West Virginia was particularly all that either but they're better than this team by a pretty decent margin I would say this is not a good Vanderbilt team um th this Vanderbilt team has a talented player in Scottie Pippen Jr but this team is very beatable this team is very very beatable if Pitt can get good games for, for Femi Odukali from Joan Hughley, from, you know, a similar performance from Nate Santos and, and Noah Collier and these guys that fill in Will Jeffress. Like, this game's very winnable for the for this pit team. And I understand. This pit team's bad, too. Trust me, I understand. I get how bad they are with free throws. I get how bad they are as a three-point shooting team. I get that they scraped out a win against Towson and UNC Wilmington. Trust me. This team isn't good either. This is a really bad team, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt lacks just about everything you would want in a high-level Power 5 team. It's legitimately a toss-up game. There's a reason this spread is 3.5. Any decent Power 5 team would blow Pitt out of the water. That's not false. But also look at this. They scored 37 points against VCU. 37 points. I don't care what you say. That's really, really bad. This is not a good team. Pitt has the opportunity here to definitely win this one. And for a few reasons. Just looking at everything you look at in overall game mode. 14th in the SEC, 28% from three is this Vanderbilt team. They're not a good three-point shooting team. They only get 24 Defensive rebounds per game. That's last in the SEC. The rebound margin for them isn't very good either. And that's against smaller teams, of course, as well. They don't get a ton of rebounds per game. This is not a great rebounding team. This is not a great defensive team either. In terms of just pure blocking, pure paint presence. Because they don't get a ton of defensive stops in the paint. This team is really really prone to allowing things in the paint. And and I do want to point that out because this could be a big game for guys like John Hughley, for example. This could be a real big opportunity for them. If you get them in the paint, you get them where they need to be, this could be real real fruitful for you if you are the Pitt Panthers. 
Now, there are certain things to be worried about. They forced almost 20 turnovers a game. That can be a little bit frightening, of course, for Pitt that has had trouble with turnovers, but they took care of the basketball mostly against Towson. They really did in that second half. They play at a high level. Pitt has an opportunity here, I think, to win this game. I'm not saying they will, but don't be surprised if Pitt pulls us out. These are both bad teams, but Pitt has a real chance here in this one. This is not a really great team that you don't shoot the three well. They have playmakers, but they don't have a ton of them. They're not a dynamic team defensively. They're, they can force some turnovers, but they aren't great shot blockers. They don't have much interior paint presence. Pitt has an opportunity to win this game, trust me, and wouldn't be surprised if they did. Now, I don't think Pitt's going to go anywhere this year, as we've said many times before on here, but if they can continue to improve, maybe pick up a nice Power 5 win here over a pretty bad Vanderbilt team, I think it's a nice stepping stone for Jeff Cable. I really do. I think I think this is a game that they can absolutely win, and I think this is a game where they can really put on a, a nice show and, and put things into perspective and say, hey, you know, maybe we are bad this year, but, but this team has potential, and we have future ACC players on this squad. All right, folks, tomorrow's Thanksgiving. I'm going to take off Thanksgiving, but I will be here Friday to preview that Pitt-Syracuse game. As always, preview Friday. We will talk all about it as they head up to Syracuse, New York. However, before we leave here, folks, I want to let you know about the Locked On Bets podcast. Don't forget about it. It is your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets hosted by Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Free and available on all platforms. Make sure to check out the Locked On Bets podcast. Folks, as always, thanks for listening. And hail, top hit.